Welcome to the Terry and Jesse show. <laughs> Terry is back. He was out doing some apostolic work. And I'm back as well, too. I was out doing some apostolic work in Hawaii. Awesome. Terry, I'm 10 8. I'm 10 8. I'm, I'm on duty. 10, what about you, Me my too, Jess. And I got to tell you, I went fishing with my son, but I didn't catch any fish. But boy, did I catch some souls for the gospel with Virgin Most Powerful Radio out on the lake of Lake Tahoe. And it was a great experience. And I thank God for the opportunity because many of those people would never get what I told them because uh, none of them were in church, Jess. But I'll tell you what, it was a lot of fun, and I thank Jesus for it. Jess, today, I'm so glad to be back, and you made a, you, you got an appointment uh, with Tan Books, our academic coach, Christy Thomas, to talk about homeschooling. Let's face it, Jess, uh, you can't send your kids to public school with what's yeah. going on today. You need yeah. alternatives. That's why it's so important that we give our listeners alternatives there are some catholic good schools that i recommend and you recommend but public schools i don't know of one that i would recommend but before we get to that i'd like to get some soul food into our soul and then i got good news one of the greatest cardinals in the church cardinal burke we're going to talk about what he said to faithful catholics and how we must remain in the church hold the bishops to accountable to apostolic tradition. You know, that's pretty much what we've been doing here at Virgin Most Powerful. But I want to talk about what the Cardinal's inspiring us to do even more. But before we get to that, Jess, let's get some soul food in our soul. Terry, I want to do the first reading today at Mass because it's very appropriate. To the, to it's This is a St. Damien moment in the Catholic Church right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speak, Lord, your sermons are listening. Amen. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, how can anyone, any one of you, with a case against another, bring it to the unjust for judgment instead of to the holy ones? Do you not know that the holy ones will judge the world? In other words, the word holy one means saint. And it's, it's a Greek word, hagio, means saint. So he's calling, he's calling people optimistically saints. That they're, you know, they're living in sanctifying grace. They're going to get to heaven. Absolutely. If the world is to be judged by you, are you unqualified for the lowest law courts? Do you not know that we will judge angels? That's powerful. Most people don't realize that. That at the eschaton, at the second coming of Christ, when our bodies are raised from the dead and we are, and uh, please God, our souls are in heaven and our bodies unite with our souls in heaven, we will sit in the judgment of fallen angels. All those demons that harassed us, that tormented us, that tempted us, we will stand in judgment of them. The Bible says, as they get consigned to hell, one at a time by Jesus Christ. Then it says, Then why not everyday matters? If therefore you have courts for everyday matters, do you, do you seat as judges people of no standing in the church? I say this to shame you. Can it be that there's not... One among you, wise enough to be able to settle a case between brothers, but rather brothers go to court against brother, and that before unbelievers. St. Paul is chiding the Corinthians. He's saying, okay, you guys are suing each other and taking yourself before pagan, non-believing judges. Are you kidding me? You're letting non-believing judges adjudicate your cases? Well, guess what? Uh, we're like the Corinthians today because we live in the same system. Civilly or criminally, most of the time we go before pagan judges as well. St. Paul says, now indeed then it is, in any case, a failure on your part that you have lawsuits against one another. Why not rather put up with injustice? Why not rather let yourselves be cheated? Instead, you inflict injustice and cheat and cheat 
and this to brothers. Do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Now, he's going to give a, a list of people who are unjust that if they continue in this state, they will not only not inherit the kingdom of heaven, they're going to go to hell because that's the opposite. He says, do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor boy prostitutes, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. That is some of, that's what some of you used to be, but now you have yourselves have been washed, that means baptized. You were sanctified, baptized and received the Holy Spirit, and you were justified, you've been made a child of God through baptism. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the Spirit of our God, the Word of the Lord, thanks, thanks be to God. God. Terry, Sodomites is mentioned there. I think uh, there's a lot of priests that uh, Father James Martin specifically, yeah. and they overlooked that passage. They, yeah. they just, they say, ah, that doesn't apply anymore. That's, that, that's, a, that's an old-fashioned passage. It doesn't apply to today. It just applied to the Corinthians. Well, the German Cardinal said that last month. We got it on film. It's, it's on LifeSite News. We've played it on our show. So this is a, a mixed-up society. And just, uh, I can, I'm going to give a short Fulton Sheen quote, and then I want to see if we can still yeah. squeeze some of Cardinal Absolutely. Burke's comments. So let's get Bishop Sheen into the room. Full, full Sheen ahead. And it fits right with that scripture verse. This is something Bishop Sheen said 70 years ago, prophetically, because we're in that day now. He said, the day that man forgets that love is identical with sacrifice, he will ask how a God of love could demand mortification and self-denial. Jesse, that's what modernism is right there. They can't understand the word sacrifice and mortification. You know what they understand? Oh, fake mercy. Okay, I'm interpreting Sheen here, but fake mercy. Yeah, that says, yeah, I don't have to be asked for forgiveness. I'm just going to be forgiven. I got a free ticket to heaven. Everybody goes there. No, Bishop Sheen said that day is here. He said that when man forgets that love is identical with sacrifice, he will ask how God of love could demand mortification and self-denial. That's You show me one modernist who talks about mortification and self-denial. Hmm. They're not there, Jess. That's my thought. No, Terry, St. Jerome, he said, very simply, he said, uh, I have never met. Uh, let me let me get the quote here. It's I powerful. Think I know the quote. Go ahead. Yep. Your, yeah. It. It's, it talks about heresy and chastity. I want to get yeah. it right. I don't yeah, want because to... they're never a chase. Those guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's what he said. That, that's that's what he said. Is that, that uh, a modernist is is never chased? Here's exact. Ah, yeah. Uh, he says, "Quote Saint Jerome, fourth century. It is rare." To find a heretic yeah. that loves chastity, St. Jerome. Well, look at Archbishop Weakland, who we just had to bury a week ago, and he was always promoting heretical teachings of the church. And, you know, he was a, a, a active homosexual, okay? And yeah. he never acknowledged that it being sinful. And so what do we do? This is what Bishop Sheen said. Mortification, sanctif of sacrifice? No, give him a big funeral. He was a great guy. He parted his hair this way. He said hello to me. Let's, let's mm. No, rather than when you have something like that happen, I've seen bishops who have been caught like that. And I'll just say, Archbishop Arzubi, a friend of mine, they didn't, you know what they did when his funeral? They quietly did it, Jesse. They didn't promote what was going on because he died with AIDS, okay? I mean, he lived a, 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 a bad life. Bishop Strickland, excuse me, Bishop um, 
Oh, the guy from Milwaukee, uh, he died living a bad life. And, you know, people in the church today said, oh, that's okay. You know, Weakland, yeah, Archbishop Weakland. No, this is why we have to make these changes now. And what Cardinal Burke is telling us to do just fits right in. Yeah, Cardinal Burke is said that, and he said, he encouraged lay faithful Catholics to remain in the church in fidelity to Christ. Yep. And to work from within the church for a much-needed ecclesiastical reform. Amen. He said this, even should it require openly correcting bishops when they betray the faith. Yeah, wow. We, we, you know what, Jesse? That's what Bishop Strickland says to me every week. He says, if I ever said anything that's contrary to the state, correct for this church, correct me. Because you know what? We need to have our lay people correct us. Terry, he's saying the same thing that Sheen said, uh, yep. 1972, who's going right. to save the church? Exactly. He says, uh, uh, no, not our priests, priest. not our bishops, nope. our, not religious. It's up to you, the people. Your mission is to see that priests act like priests, Amen. your bishops act like bishops, your religious act like religious. Wow. This is what Cardinal Raymond Burke just said. I'm going to read it again. Catholics must <laughs> bear witness to the truth of the faith. Yes. He says... Um, even though, even should it require openly correcting bishops when they betray the faith. He also says, we must remain with Christ, even if we have to speak very openly with our own bishops when they propose teachings, propose something that does not correspond to the Catholic faith. He says, we must return to the sacred tradition. Yep. Burke also reminded the faithful that they have the right and duty to express their concerns about the church to their pastor. Canon 2.12, my brother. Yep, he also recalled to bishops their duty to uphold the faith, which they undertook by oath at their episcopal consecration. Well that's said, why, well that's said. That's why James chapter 3, verse 1 tells us, hey, <laughs> a lot of you guys want to be bishops, hold on, <laughs> hold your horses. Accountability. Yeah, he says, uh, James chapter 3, verse 1 right. says, that those who are teachers of the law, and he's speaking in context here to the apostles. Yeah. Those are the teachers of the law. Uh, he says, those that are teachers of the law, he said, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for you know that he who teaches shall be judged with greater thickness. And also that includes knuckleheads like Jess Romero and Terry Barber, because we're teaching the faith. We have much more accountability, but especially the bishops and the cardinals, and I might add the pope also, Jess. That applies to all of us. Yep, and uh, and and this is why again, uh, the Bible says uh, in in First uh, Thessalonians five twenty one, it says, "Test everything, hold fast to what is good, yeah. refrain from every kind of evil." So, so test everything. For example, Father James Martin says something. It says, "Bible says, test it to see if it is good." Now, if he says something that goes against church teaching, the Bible says, "Refrain from every kind of evil." Amen. So there's the litmus test that we have to we have to test everything and see if it conforms to the word of God, Terry. The last segment, we're going to get back with Cardinal Burke's article. But right now, when you come back, we're going to have tan academic coach Christy Thomas to talk about homeschooling and why you should seriously consider homeschooling your children, not, not sending them to public school. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. I think we have Coach Krista Thomas from the Tan Academy. Krista, are you on with us? Hello, Krista. Are you on? 
Okay, we're waiting for we're waiting con- for him. We're waiting to connect with Krista. Th- ah, there she is, Krista Thomas from the Tan Academy. She's a coach, an academic coach. Krista, welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. How are you both? We're blessed by the best. Yes. <laughs> Krista, sure. you are, you're doing something so important right Amen. now because so many young moms are frantic over what's happening in, in our country with uh, critical race theory, with uh, just, just the woke culture within academia amongst our teachers. Uh, you have, uh, you know, the, the transgender, uh, tra- transgender people, you know, reading comic books to our kids. And you have after school satanic. Pro- our public schools are a mess. Big time. Mm-hmm. And you're helping people because there's a, when people talk about homeschooling, you know, a lot of people are. I can't do it. Uh, I, I'm not smart enough. I, I didn't go to college. And uh, those are precisely the people that you want. I precisely. I think Krista. So, in in terms of what you're doing, what are parents seeking in Catholic homeschooling? Oh gosh. Well, I think a lot of them are seeking refuge from exactly the ideologies you've mentioned. I mean, we can't help it. It's permeated our society so much, mainly because of the media and mainly because we have an administration that seems to err on evil. I hate to be that way, but that's the truth. Just a fact. So, you know, we're, we parents, we're fighting a battle that we need unification in our own church and in our own communities. And thank goodness it's become mainstream and accepted because of COVID. I mean, if anything, I can say COVID brought around a new awareness for parents. It was a blessing in disguise mm. for parents to say, wait a minute, what are we really doing here? And and for most Catholic parents, we can say, what's the end game? Are we looking at Harvard? Or are we looking at heaven? And at uh. some point you have to say, <laughs> Harvard is woke. So that's not the direction we should be going in. Well, right. Said. We need to be going toward heaven. And what does that look like when we're talking about a truly academic education, but one rooted in our Catholic faith, in the truths of the Holy Mother Church. Great, Terry, 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 you want to plug in uh, the homeschooling uh, network out here? That uh, Yeah, we want to do the home- Southern California network. Richard's going to put it on the screen for our local people here. But Krista, my question is, what is the difference in the TAN Academy versus other curriculum providers? What's unique about your system? What's unique about our system is that we've actually homeschooled or we were homeschooled or we are currently homeschooling. That's that's what's behind this particular curriculum. It's not an institutionalized product that's coming into your home to be an institution. This is we want to look at homeschooling as joy filled and you can take all of your kids, no matter what their skill level is, Mm -hmm. no matter what their their age or grade, and you can have them learn together in the same religion textbook, in the same history textbook, in the same science textbook, so that it's affordable for families. And it's also easier to manage when you have multiple kids. I mean, let's face it, you know, Catholic homeschoolers, most of them are going to have three plus children, most of them. And and it gets to the point where, you know, the mom or the dad staying home, you know, they get overrun by all these kids and it's <laughs> fun. <laughs> but the truth is, it can be a very expensive proposition. So Tan Academy is on the market to show families you can do it. And you, you can take that one religion, one history, one science. We're going to do this together. And how you can have a Socratic discussion with your kids in a classically aligned way <laughs> and enjoy the whole process. I mean, it is not, we're not about, um, 
you know, beating your kids over the head with like, you have to know this, that, and the other by the time you are 18. We want families to know that education is lifelong. We should be learning lifelong. It's not, it ends right when you graduate from high school. Here's your diploma. It's, it's more like, can you grow in the truth of the faith and can you understand and learn where God has given us a creation to take care of and what meaningful experience we can have in our faith life with one another and in the truths of the gospel. I just want to plug your website, tanacademy.com, and also the ones that are in Southern California, the Southern California Catholic Homeschoolers.org. This is a group that many of our workers here at Virgin Most Powerful have been working with here in Southern California. So I appreciate that was a very good explanation, Chris. Thank you. We were prepared for that one. By the way, it's it's actually called the schoolhouse method. And and it's something that families really should be looking at because they need to be done with homeschooling so they can spend the afternoon working together, playing together, getting internships, starting businesses, volunteering at the church. Like there's more to life than just sitting there seven, eight hours a day in a book. Amen. Yeah. You know, Chris, so th- this is this is a the last the final attack from Satan, as Sister mm-hmm. Lucia said in 1980. She wrote in a letter that Satan's final attack would be against marriage and the family, and we see it. They're going after our kids, mm-hmm. and yeah. I say that because uh, again, CRT, the 1619 Project, uh, uh, values clarification that that was uh, you know signed in you know brought in in 1971 by the National Education Association. Uh, now you have transgenders going to libraries and reading kids you know uh, stories to kids uh, that are sexually promiscuous. You have the Temple of Satan setting up after-school child care. They're not hiding this. They are going after our kids with a vengeance. And I read somewhere else that 94% of Roman Catholic kids in the United States, 94% go to public schools. So if people wonder, why did my kid lose his faith, you know, after 12 years of public school? Again, if 94% of Catholic kids go to public schools in America and the public schools right now, they're openly witches and Satanist and, and communist Marxists are openly running our public schools. And you wonder why your kid is losing their faith. So my question to you, Chris is, so what's the best advice for families that are new to homeschooling? How do you break them in nice and gently? Well, thanks be to God. I mean, we have a program that is very simple to follow. We, you don't, we don't give you a checklist of 10 bullet points you've got in every single subject. I mean, it's super simple. And that's what we're trying to show families is homeschooling is actually a gentle approach. It's not meant to be an institution in your home. So when you're with your family and you're spending 30 minutes on religion, you're spending maybe 40 minutes on math, you're spending... 35, 40 minutes in history. And and it's just such a beautiful way to get families to realize like, it's really no different than you sitting down and teaching your kid to go outside and you want to teach your son how to change the oil in the car. Like that's going to take you maybe 30 to 45 minutes. If you can do that, you can homeschool your kids. If you can teach your kids how to cook, use the microwave or the oven, you can homeschool your kids. And why should you? Because it's your duty. And when you said yes to the baptismal vows, we are really essentially saying, yes, I'm going to do all that I can. I'm going to be sacrificial in teaching my kids 
the ways of the Catholic faith so that the end game is heaven, right? I mean, that's the best way to say it. And I would tell everybody if they can, they should be leaving the these um, public schools in droves. They should be. There are other choices they can make. The, the kicker is, is when people think they can't afford it, they really can. We are an affordable one um, that's out there. We're purposely not making it expensive because we want more families to come into the fold and actually do right by their kids. Well said, well said. Krista, I we know we have a couple more questions, but I want to just throw something in that deals with uh, with uh, the school system. And some states like Alaska will give school credits for people to use that money any way they want. And they could use it to homeschool their kids. And I would also add, I think our listeners should be voting for that in every state of the union so that you have control of your money, your tax money going to where you want it to go. And I'm sure, uh, you know, certain states, like I said, Alaska, they, it was like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year. That's you know, right. a significant amount of money. My last question before the break is, is homeschooling here to stay? And what is it that homeschooling parents are seeking in today's education? I do think homeschooling is here to stay. Mm -hmm. However, you should watch what's happening with the United Nations. Oh, yeah. United Nations is not, I mean, they'll say they're for the child, but it's really not in a way that's beneficial and, and gives parents their rights. If you look at Germany, that's a classic example of a country that, you know, you have to use whatever the schools provide you. You know, you don't have a lot of leeway. So I think that the homeschooling and, um, movement is going to be big enough that we can fight anything like that in this country. But the bigger question I would ask mm -hmm. is why do we not have control over the fact that our money is supporting what's considered a public school education that I do no longer agree with because the ideology is against God and it's against the parent. It's against family values and it's not patriotic. So when and where can I stop giving my money towards that, towards a, a government organization that is no longer for the people? And I believe that this Department of Education should be um, dismantled. It should Amen. be defunded. A, a and bit. how can we do that? Yeah. Because that's really essentially the next step is giving people, giving the communities the power back. It used to be before we had Department of Education, it was your community that decided these things. I just want to add California, the largest population in the country, 40 million people, that's going on our ballot to say, do you, would you want to be able to determine where your tax dollars go for your children's education? I'm encouraging our listeners in California to say absolutely yes, before because of all the things you just mentioned, take control of that money that you pay for to go to where you want it to go. So I just want to encourage people in California to vote the right way on that one. I would encourage them to do that, too. And then we need to start this movement in every single state in the I, union. I agree. Amen. Krista, have, have you have you found that have more people joined the homeschooling movement oh. as a result of the <laughs> lockdowns, the two year lockdowns? Well, that's a, yes. that's yeah. a big question and a big yes. God, bless. It's an emphatic well, you, yes. Oh, yeah. And you know why? Because it's it's basically been an agent for change in people. And, and I will tell you that it's great to have the Catholic Church now on board. You know, it used to be where it's like, oh, if you if you homeschool, then you're taking away from the Catholic schools. But I think it's going to make Catholic schools actually better. And at some point, I hope inclusive to the homeschool families, because they're for a while and, and it's still in most of these Catholic schools. They're they're not interested in doing some hybrid, but they should be. Because we have a lot to offer, and the Catholic schools have a lot to offer to the homeschool community, and we can make it better. 
We can yeah. make all of it better all around. Like what is our end game? And if our end game is heaven, then we need to look at what materials are in those schools. Just like you look at the materials that are coming to your home from the library that your kids are picking up. And, and like what we have to be engaged because this is the battle, just like you said, Jesse, this is the battle that um, was foretold at Fatima. Like we have got to be on this and we need to stop sleeping and let other people do it. We have to be contributive people instead of waiting for somebody else to do it. Wow. Amen. Krista, I'm reading, I'm reading from a Protestant uh, journal, the American Family Association. They're, they, they're a, uh, Yes, hang on a second. Let's take a quick break. That's a good teaser. Yeah. Uh, we'll ask you some more questions, Krista. And again, I want to encourage people to go to Krista at tanbooks.com if you, if you need to uh, check out what she's doing or tanacademy.com, and you'll see more on that. Stay with us, family. We'll be back for another segment with Krista from Tan Academic Coach over at Tan Books. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back. We got Krista Thomas uh, from the Tan Academy. And if you want to get a hold of uh, Krista, go to uh, tanbooks.com or just go to tanacademy.com. We're talking about Catholic homeschooling. She's a TAN academic coach. Her name's Krista Thomas. If you're afraid, she'll walk you through the homeschooling process. There is nothing to fear. In fact, uh, Krista, correct me if I'm wrong. Before, before the implementation of public schools or government schools, whatever you want to call them, I mean, most people were homeschooled, like, uh, you know, George Washington, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, C.S. Lewis, correct? Yes, they were homeschooled. And then, you know, things kind of changed a little bit. Um, I want to say in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and then we get the Department of Education in the 1970s. Mm. And you can see what's happened since then and the kind of education that I received. I graduated high school in 1988, and I think the, I, I got a decent education, but the education that my parents received was far, far better than I received. Yeah, it was It was more traditional or more... Cla- they received... before. I think before the 60s and 70s, people received more what's called a classical education, yes. repetition, you know, memory. Uh, yes. I, I know I know the in 1971, uh, there was a very famous Columbia professor by the name of uh, his name will come to me right now. But he convinced the National Education Association to introduce in 1971 uh, values clarification and, and William Colson also talked a lot about this in the closing of the Catholic Mind that we published many years ago, and he just said mea culpa because he was part of that uh, process, and then he had his own conversion back to the Catholic faith. And so education is a huge topic, and that's why I'm just delighted you're here, Krista, to talk about how we can encourage our listeners to seriously consider homeschooling their children and even their grandchildren. Oh, yeah. Here's the person, John Dewey. You probably Dewey, heard that yeah, name, Chris. John Dewey. Yeah, he's the one that uh, That's right. That's he close. introduced in 1971. He was a Columbia professor, very respected, yep. uh, godless secular humanist. He's the one that proposed values clarification to be taught in public schools. And the NEA jumped right on board they after they heard a speech hook, line and sinker. Yeah. 
values clarification is a fancy way. It's a $10 way of saying moral relativism. Got it. In, exactly. other words, in other words, as of 1971, the public schools are more feelings-based, not fact-based. They're teaching students to feel, not think. And right. so uh, you're doing a yeoman's job. Do you comment on that, Krista? Yeah, actually, and, and the other thing that Dewey was introducing was this idea that when you graduate, it should be skills-based. Whereas before that, the classical education says, let's look at the whole person, right? We want to be educated in the intellect, but we want to understand who we are in the eyes of God. And so the fact that he was Godless, if you will, yeah. of course, he's going to introduce the skills base. So that's what we've had. And that's why the majority of these state universities are skills based. I mean, I have a liberal arts degree from Texas A&M, but it wasn't a true classical liberal arts degree. It was an excellent degree at the time. It was in journalism. I'm a truth seeker. And, and I can tell you that, you know, you would be hard pressed, in my opinion, to really find an excellent education that was, I mean, I obviously do believe in some skill set being learned, but I want to be, I want people to be educated in the whole person, to understand who they are in the life of God, to have this value, because that's who we are. We have value in the eyes of God, and we should be showing people that. But we live in a world that is anti-Christian at this point. I mean, we're, we're post we're post-Christendom, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. So in order to have these instructors come back in, like I'm I'm hoping that people will really look at where they're actually sending their kids to college because it's not just public school. It's looking at what happens even to these homeschool kids that leave, they've graduated high school, and now they're into a secular society, and many of them will not return to the Catholic Church. And why is that? Yeah. Krista, let me jump in and ask you. I, I, I've read statistics because I've been to I had my own kids homeschooled. And I noticed something about the children at homeschooling, and we'd have you know other activities that went on for the kids and socialization. But I noticed that if if you're really concerned as a mom and dad to make sure your kids are going to stay Catholic throughout their life and live their faith, the and I don't want to use the word chances, but the percentages are so high when you homeschool the kids because they really do get formation that they wouldn't get anywhere else for the faith. And so, I mean, I have a son who's, who, who was taught Thomistic philosophy from Tan Books, the old book of St. Thomas Aquinas on apologetics. He's now 30 years old, and he's still using that, the, the Thomist approach to philosophy. Why? Because he was wow. fourth grade, fifth grade. They said, well, it's too early to teach him that. No, it wasn't. He picked up on it. So I want to ask you, am I on to something? Do the kids, percentage-wise, live their faith and stay Catholic uh, more when they're homeschooled versus the public schools? Hmm. I think that's a complex question. And I'll, and I'll tell you what I do think about this is that because I've seen it with some friends of mine and their kids. Yeah. I think that you have a greater chance, yes, of returning, you, if, of returning to the faith when they, ha- when they get married and have their own children. I do think that whether you're homeschooled or not. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're homeschooled, you have a better chance. Oh, yeah. The problem that I see is it's that if you homeschool your child and you're sending them to a state institution that's woke, it is so hard because their frontal lobe is not quite evolved. Good, good and, point. And complete yet. And that's not until a, a, a young woman hits the age of 23, 24. I've seen it in my own kids. And a young man might be even later. So the fact is, it's not just homeschooling. It's where are you sending your kid after they, after they graduate? I would... 
say that it's probably best that if you think that you're going to choose a state school for your kid because it sounds good, um, that's really not the best reason for sending your kid. Or if you're sending them to state school because that's all you can afford, then you can't afford college then. You should be looking at the Cardinal Newman Society to have a great guide for, for what where to send your kid to college. Oh, yeah. They, they are constantly looking and reviewing these schools and making sure they're not woke. That is one of the better ways of keeping your kid Catholic. I promise you that. Yeah. Um, and it's worked in our own life, too. Um, we had sent our oldest one to a Catholic girls college. Five days later, we had to go pick her up. I'm, we're not putting up with that. And we even asked these questions. And at this school, like this is what we're trying to avoid. We're not interested. Oh, it's not here. Oh, yes, it was. It was there the very next day when Planned Parent Planned Parenthood was there to give them a talk about how to how to get an abortion if they needed one. At a Catholic college in Ohio. I don't have to name it, do I? No. You know what? Can I can I tell you something? And I, I say this and I'll I'll tell you why. They say you can't name names. I I, I just find that we're at the stage of life right now where if people want to know what to avoid, I will say, don't go to this parish. Don't go to this uh, archbishop yeah. because he's not giving you the apostolic teachings of the church out of charity. OK, so I think somehow, in my opinion, naming people's naming schools that are woke is not at all a problem. I think it's people should know these things ahead of time like you didn't. Well, here's the thing. If you go to the Newman Guide, yeah, where they actually list it. the Catholic it's colleges that are good, those are the those ones are the to go only to. schools. Those are the only ones that you should be looking I at. I agree. Well said, yeah. young lady. Yep. So every, yeah. To me, I, I would even say I, I love my alma mater, but I would say I wouldn't want my kid to go there. I, they've got a very strong Catholic parish there, St. Mary's. But I just say, you know what? Until you have that frontal lobe completely defined. Yeah. You, you can go there for your master's or your, you know, post Makes sense. postgraduate. Yeah. That's fine. But we should be supporting Catholic schools that are truly Catholic. We should uh, be supporting Catholic parishes that are truly Catholic. Amen. Let's let's just we should be supporting Catholic radio. We should be supporting, uh, you know, Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Like this is where our money should be going. Amen. I agree. Jess. Kristen and, and, and Terry, you know, St. Paul did name people in the New Testament. <laughs> well, that's my present. I, I yeah. name names when yeah. I said uh, Archbishop. Let me just give you Weakland? one. First Timothy chapter one, verse 19 and 20. St. Paul says this holding whole faith and good conscience. Certain persons have made shipwreck of their faith among them, Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. I mean, there's other passages, but yeah, St. Paul, when he it's found true. somebody, uh, you know, going uh, off, off the off the heterodox train, he named them. Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to support what Chris has said here. I just found it. The American Family Association, they're a good Protestant organization. They're people of goodwill, mm -hmm. yep. tracking the right direction. Uh, it says here, uh, they uh, they did a, a poll. Will your child believe in Jesus when they graduate from high school? If you're homeschooled, 94, 94% of kids will believe in Jesus after they graduate from high school. If, you're public, if you went to public school, only 15% will believe in Jesus after high school. Yep. That, so that That's comes from the American fa uh, uh, Don, Don Wildman's group. Pretty, pretty reputable poll. Oh, they're good people. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, and so it just goes to show that these these families are serious about their faith if they are boycotting the public schools. 
Yep. Right. Vote so your choices school. are a good private school, a good Catholic school, or in my opinion, the best choice is a homeschool, obviously. Well said. Again, your website, how can people get a hold of you? Because we got about a minute left. Sure. Tanacademy.com. And I'm available for free complimentary coaching. Awesome. Um, yep. Would be happy to talk to families about how to dive deep. It's, it's a wonderful journey. You'll never regret it. Wow. Wow. I just want to thank you for what you're doing. And also thank, thank Tan Books. I, Jess and I both uh, sunk our teeth on Tan Books. Very early on men. Oh, you're kidding me. I used to go to a bookstore and, oh yeah, I love Tan Books. So I just want to encourage my own conversion. Oh, there you go. There you go. So keep, keep, keep sending those Tan Books. Keep up the good work, Chris. Krista. God bless you and your family. Thank you. You too. God bless you. You bet. God love you. All right. Jesse, this is uh, so important for our families to have okay, let resources. Me promote, you know? Let me promote Southern California Catholic Home Educators.org. Right. Yep. We have uh, people on, on our staff here at VMPR that are involved with this. That's right. Southern California Home Educators.org. I'll say it again Southern California Home Educators.org. Uh, these. Uh, the the this these homeschoolers have locked arms with vmpr.org right on our screen uh, yeah we're 100 percent behind them and so those of you in, in southern california that are looking for an alternative to public schools or even a woke catholic school we would invite you to go to that website terry when we come back cardinal burke we talked about it at the beginning of the show let's wrap it up with some inspirational statements that he said to you and to me our listener regarding defending holy mother the church with what the perennial teachings of the church and much, much more. Stay with us, family. This last segment is going to be an uplifting moment because we need more cardinals like Cardinal Burke to lead us to Jesus the way he does. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Wow. We're back. The Terry and Jesse show. That was a great interview, Jess. Yeah. Um, sweet lady. Yeah, sweet lady. And, and Terry, the, uh, anybody that's involved in the homeschooling movement, yeah. they, are, they are doing the heavy lifting. Let oh, me yeah. tell you, these are the people that are trying to save the next generation from going woke. Right. And and a lot of them are just uh, mama bears. Yep. Because obviously, you know, dad dad's working, so it's a lot of mama's bears that are doing the heavy lifting. So, you know, when people say, uh, <clears throat> "Oh, you know, uh, uh, women don't have enough positions in the church," are you kidding me? <laughs> I think they do the most important work. Of exactly. Yes, I want to run back into this article by Cardinal Burke. He says Catholics yeah, must bear witness to the truth of the faith. He was addressing the distress of Orthodox Catholics like us uh, at the agenda of the pro-Senadol bishops, such as those of Germany and Ireland, who are aggressively pushing for another church, another faith. Yeah. Burke tried to bolster the laity and their witness to Christ, saying, this is key, in the tradition of the church, a synod is a way to find out how to defend and promote the Catholic faith. And here it is, not to create another church and another faith. He said, I think these good Catholics, as painful as it is, must remain in their communities. And this is what we all, marching orders, fight for the truth of the faith. Your thoughts, Jess? Yeah, Terry, because it's 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 not their church. No, it isn't. It's the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's our Lord's church. All of us are just members of it. We're cells in the mystical body of Christ. And so don't let 
don't commit spiritual suicide and have some moderate, modernist heterodox liberal yep. and their bad example and their perverted lifestyle. Don't let that scandalize you to leave the, the one true church started oh. by Christ of which there's no salvation outside of. Well said. And Jesse, I love the way he says we have to speak very openly with our own bishops when they propose something that does not correspond to the Catholic faith. We must return to the sacred tradition. Yes, that's what we do. Some people criticize you or me when we're critical about even with the Holy Father teaching something that hasn't been taught in the traditions of the church or a bishop or a cardinal. They say, you can't do that. No, we can't. We have a moral obligation for the good of the Pope, the good of the bishop, and the good of the church to speak the truth and to call all of us to that fidelity. Terry, not only that, I mean, people can even, they can look this up on the internet. I, I don't have the articles in front of me. But you have you've had Pope Francis say, I know he said this to the Italian bishops. Yeah. He gave a lecture and he says, Hey, you guys can you guys can disagree with me. Oh yeah. That you was in two thousand seventeen, I remember. Yeah, he said that it's it's uh, you just type it in and he he's given speeches to the all, entire yep. bodies of bishops. That's right. Hey, when I say you can disagree with me, who else has said the same thing? Type up type in Pope Benedict says we can disagree with him. He's also said the same thing. That's right. When they're not when they're not speaking you know, ex cathedra and, and invoking their authority as the Bishop of Rome on something that's defined and infallible and doctrinal. If they're just, you know, making a comment or giving their opinion, of course you can disagree with them. The, it goes on. The article also says, Terry, I love it. uh, Yeah. Um, Emphasizing the need to, emphasizing the need to be faithful to the church's apostolic tradition. The Cardinal declared, to call fidelity to Catholic doctrine rigidity is simply wrong. Yes, we've been called that many times, Jess. Burke reminded the lay faithful that they have the right and duty to express their concerns about the church to their pastors, as uh, Canon 2.12. He also recalled that bishops are duty to uphold the faith, which they undertook by oath at their Episcopal consecration. Remind him of that. Yeah, I, that's I would, James I, yeah. yeah. They need yeah, to know that, Jess. One. He, yeah, he says the dynamism of the Catholic faith comes from continuity. I love that line. Bishop Burke said, faith is God's work and comes to us through the tradition of the apostles. This isn't rigidity, but fidelity to tradition. And the bishops are obliged to do so by their oath they took when they were ordained. He said, to call fidelity to Catholic doctrine rigidity is simply wrong. The faithful have a right and duty to express their concerns. As Jess just said, I wanted you to remember that because the next point that he says is very important, Jesse, about uh, go ahead, Jess, continue. Cause you got yeah, the, the Cardinal doubled down on the need for good important. Catholics to correct their bishops That's right. when they have spoken or acted against the faith. Yeah. Saying, in cases where the faith is betrayed even within the church itself, it is even more important for her to insist on, the, on Catholic doctrine that's and right. practice. Wow. See, that's an important point. Yeah. Crit- critical. They must, understand, they must understand that they are never free to do so, but they are ob- obligated to defend the Catholic faith in these times. Obedience can never command us to do anything that is against faith and morals. Jesse, repeat that because that is a statement that says, you know, error has no right in my opinion. Say it one more time. Obedience can never what? Command us Mm -hmm. to do anything that is against faith and good morals. Memorize that, folks. Terry, no, no, it it was an old Catholic saying, error has no rights. Uh, That's right. In other words, if somebody, even if they're in a position of authority. Yep. If they're asking you to do something erroneous, something wrong, right. you're not going to do it because intrinsically error has no right. That's right. 
even if the person asking you to do that does have authority to do so, error can't be followed. Just like, uh, you know, uh, I've seen a sign uh, from good Catholics uh, from TFP. Satan has no rights. That's a true statement. Of course it is. Satan has no rights. And error has no rights as well. Terry, go ahead. Well, he says, he said this, this is what I really, and we're wrapping up this article. Uh, asked what practical means the, that the faithful might use in defense of the faith, the prelate pointed to the effectiveness of the means of communications as well as publications of great Catholic classics. See what we're doing, writings of the saints, the fathers, the doctors of the church. He goes back to the apostolic teachings. First of all, Burke said, the faithful need to use the means of communications to spread the faith. For example, like you said, uh, publish a classical you know, material on the Catholic faith, from the fathers, but Cardinal Burke said, "Remain strong. Make remain have a strong voice for the Catholic, for faithful Catholics who appreciate his outspoken defense." See, this is what we need. We need a leader who says, "Hey guys, you see the hill? Take it." Yeah, that's what he's saying to me. Yeah. God bless him. Yeah, Terry, and again, it, this wow. reminds me. It goes back to the 1972 statement by Fulton Sheen. He said it, man. Yeah, Who's when save he said. The church? Yeah, who's going to save the church? Not the, not the religious orders, not the bishops, not the priests. It's you lay people. Yep. Then he actually goes on to say, he says, teach your bishops how to be bishops, your yep. priests how to be priests, yep. uh, your religious how to be religious. And again, this actually comes, this is actually a divine mandate. This, uh, people know, know about the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. They're mentioned in the catechism in paragraph yeah. 2447. Yep. The spiritual works of mercy, number one and two, are instruct and advise the ignorant. Well, guess what? There may be some ignorant uh, and instruction that may be necessary for people even within the church yep. who may be malformed. Terry, I wish I could find the quote. I, used, I, I forgot which book it's from. Cardinal Ratzinger, he wrote a book through Ignatius Press years ago where he actually said in one of his many works... Yeah. He said that many people in his generation of prelates, of clergy, were malformed in seminary. Oh, boy, I'd like to get that quote. Yeah, I need to find that quote again. We've read it before, but I'll I'll track it down. By the way, if there's anybody out there in our smart audience that can find the quote from Cardinal Ratzinger, where he he says in one of his Ignatius Press books, send it to us, please, send it to us, where he says that many of the clergy, post-Vatican II, have been malformed in seminaries. That 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 quote is is uh, yeah. we're seeing it lived out right now, Terry and Jesse. Let me just throw this: that I think more bishops are speaking out, like South Dakota bishop. He's banning transgender people from Holy Communion. I mean, that takes guts. I've noticed this too. Even Bishop Barron, when he's made a bishop of an ordinary diocese rather than the auxiliary bishop of Los Angeles, he was so quiet. He seems to be speaking out more for the unborn. He just came out with an attack. Uh, um, President Biden saying Biden is dead wrong on this. It seems to me, and I'm just getting Sambleton up in, in Portland, Oregon, they seem to be realizing that these bishops who are good bishops are saying, wait a minute, we can't be silent anymore. And I'm just going to get toot my horn, Jesse, for Virgin Most Powerful with Bishop Athanasius Snyder and Bishop Joseph Strickland, two of the most outspoken bishops. I believe that they're inspiring other bishops to say, wait a minute, Strickland is just saying what the church teaches. 
Bishop Snyder's just saying they're willing to put their life on the line like like I should. So I think yeah. more bishops are coming out and speaking the truth, and then they will more will come out as we call them for their fidelity of what they made to promise when they were ordained. Terry, another good website that I would uh, that Catholics, good Catholics, could yeah. go and take a look at. Sure. If you want to see sure. who the players are, the bad yeah. players are in the church, it's called complicitclergy.com. Oh yeah, of course. Complicitclergy.com. Yes. They have the pictures, and the names, the diocese, the parishes of every bad bishop and every bad priest. That has been caught. We're not, these are not just people. No, that no, no. Suspected. Convicted. These, these are people that have. These are bad people. That's right. That have been caught doing bad things. Yep. You don't make that list on the post office, complicitclergy.com, until they've got you dirty. And so, if you want to see the dirty players in the church, and I'll say, I tell you why. Just number one, to open your eyes that we have been infiltrated. Number one, number two, it'll make you more prayerful. I think when That's I see. Right. Bad clergy. You know what it does for me, Terry? Oh, yeah. It drives me to the, to the daily mass. Yep. It drives me to my knees. It drives yep. me to adoration. Yep. It drives me to pick up the rosary. It doesn't depress me one no, bit. No, not at all. No, because Jesus told us. He says, in the Lord's vineyard, there's going to be weeds and wheat. Yeah. He said, in the Lord's net, he said, you're going to have good fish and bad fish. He said, he said in the Lord's pastor... Uh, he said, you're going to have sheep and goats. Jesus warned us Amen. that there are good people and bad people in the body of Christ. The goal is for those people that have had a conversion, a metanoia, that know the Lord Jesus Christ and his teachings, let's evangelize people within our church. Don't think that everybody who's a baptized Roman Catholic Christian is tracking towards heaven. We've got to evangelize our own people, Terry. Well said, Jesse. And this is why I said this is so inspirational. Here's a young priest. He makes a point. He says, as I get to know all these awesome, good Catholic colleges more and more, one thing is coming in crystal clear. They are not interested in weak Catholicism. The young people aren't. Mm. They want the truth. They want beauty. They want goodness. They want tradition. They want community. They want authentic masculinity. Mm. They want authentic femininity. They want heaven, and they want souls to get there. We want our souls to get there with them. See, this is what young people want. Not compromise Catholicism or yoke. No way. Jess, thanks. It's so good to be back to share the gospel on Virgin Most Powerful yeah, Radio. Yeah. Jess, what's Yeah, the- Terry. Go ahead. Yeah, you're, you're right, Terry. Uh, that that woke Catholicism is driving people out of the church. Yep. What, pe- what young people want is tradition. Exactly. Tradition. The tradition of our fathers. That's what they want. And up next is Bishop Snyder. No, excuse me. Bishop Joseph Strickland with the Bishop Strickland Hour. Stay with us right after that. If you can't get it on your station, go to vmpr.org. Download the free app. I want to leave you that Our Lady said this at Fatima. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We can make sacrifices for the salvation of souls. Because as Bishop Sheen says, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. Stay with us. Bishop Joseph Strickland will be up. Just what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Wake up, America. Don't hit the snooze button. God love you.